There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey guys, it's Jackie Zabrowski and Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser are going back on tour with the Release the Butthole Cut Tour. We're coming to your town. Hold it. Where are we going? Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas. We're going to Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and St. Louis, Missouri. Where can they find tickets, MJ? For tickets, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. What's that again? Lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hell yeah. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Wait, wait a second. Let's set the, let's set the vibe, All right, guys. Set the vibe, yeah, bro. Like, oh, my God, Brandon. So nice to meet you. So are you a Kappa? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a, are you a, I'm in Kappa. Yeah. <laughs> my father works for Halliburton. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's how my, I get a four dollars. Yeah, my 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 grandfather died in yeah. the, from one of the bombs. <laughs> that's boring. Yeah. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, spring break edition. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking of doing this spring break? German Austin Powers. Ooh, what does that that mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby, yeah. Do I make you ranzy, baby? Ooh. Yeah, baby, do I make you ranzy? No. I'm going hardcore. Why would you do that? I'm going hardcore senator from Minnesota. Oh, that's good. We're going to have to take a look at your parameters. I don't think you guys don't understand what par- spring break is all about. We're looking at your parameters for spring break. What do we do with all these inflatable balls? Spring break is all about hanging out with Eric Nice doing the grind. Mm. Eric Nice. Remember him? Is that from no. the grind? MTV. Why didn't you think of Daisy Fuentes instead? Yeah. That's what I think. We were watching two different shows, my friend. That's the show inside the show. Eric's abs. <laughs> uh, Daisy Fuentes is fine. I love Daisy. I love Daisy one. Fuentes, and I miss her. Yeah. I'm not fucking. I'm what? I'm not. What? <laughs> it's spring break, dude. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, no rules on spring break. Yeah, baby. Yeah, do make your auntie, baby. Ooh. That is disturbing. <laughs> okay, today's episode, we got a best of. We're talking cryptids. Yes. Also, if you are, if you do see a cryptid this spring break, take a photo, send it in, make the show. Make the show. We are having a little bit of a spring break here because the the elves that are inside of the podcast factory, mm-hmm. Fernando, mm-hmm. Madeline, Kelsey, Kelly, we need Rod, time off. Rod, 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 we have the whole crew, right? Joe, oh, God. they all got to sleep. 
We are just so tired. <laughs> they are. We're whipping them, and we're like, yep. all we do all day, squeeze content from their little hands. Yeah. But now they get to go down to South Beach. Yep, they can mm-hmm. do that. They release. Channel their LeBron James, go to South Beach. They can go anywhere they want. Yeah. Uh, as long as they're fucking back here exactly one week <laughs> from today. Thank you. Ready to work. No, that's great. Honestly, it's we want to say a big thank you to our entire crew yeah. wow. here at LPN. Wow. They work their asses off. Thank you very much. Enjoy your time off. Your paid time off, your PTO. All right. Yeah. Now you guys are <laughs> self-congratulated. Compassionate capitalism. There. But, but what we decided to do is wow. put together a, a wow. decrypted best of. It's a bunch of our like old chunks of podcasts that we have not listened to in a very long time. I'm very excited for you guys to hear this. I want us to do another cryptid episode soon. We will. Which we will do. We shall do indeed. Okay, enjoy this best of cryptids. Live from your grave. Um, Marcus, let's just start off. Do we want to start off with the first footage that was ever filmed of the Sasquatch? Absolutely. That would be the Patterson-Gimlin film. Okay. Uh, and Sasquatch Which, has been... by the way, nine out of ten times, that's a snuff film. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was all their previous movies, and then a bunch right. of just, like, pictures of The Sasquatch of just because... showed up. And yeah, this... him just videotaping his own butt to see if he had pimples <laughs> on it. <laughs> Uh, and this is the video that I'm sure every single one of you have seen. Uh, it's a very short picture that was filmed on October 20th, 1967. It's the one that has Bigfoot just casually strolling along. Uh, they say that that it was a female Bigfoot that they originally yeah. had caught squatting and taking a shit next to the river. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no girl wants to be caught doing that, even a Bigfoot mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. And, of course, the, the Bigfoot also has gigantic hairy tits. Holy Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. Love them. <laughs> Get in there. And as you can see, the, if you, I mean, you say the, the Bigfoot's taking a shit, looks very annoyed as it's walking away. And you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that an animal that is just, just generally an animal would look annoyed. So you think there's something special to the Bigfoot brain? Something special that might make them ashamed of a public poo-poo? Yeah, just a little bit more human than the simians. Oh. We're gonna say, you say ashamed, but it really just comes down to it's inconvenience. And I'm just really surprised it didn't... This is the thing, this is the only thing I would say is like that, it, that, uh, that makes me believe it's a hoax is that wouldn't it attack them? <laughs> right. You know, like, if you film me taking a shit, if you right. bust into my house and film me while I'm taking a shit, I'm coming at you. But, I mean, <laughs> you, you, know? you got poo-poo in the butt. You didn't have time to wipe. It's got that squeaky feeling. You just want to get back home where you can finally hop in that shower. Yeah, and Patterson and Gimlin were also both armed. Yeah, well, I uh, yes, and, and two horses as well, which are terrifying mm-hmm. beasts. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just with, like, nunchucks. These guys are kind of, they are a couple of clowns. But they oh, yes. may- they may have made the, 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 the only piece of footage about Bigfoot that actually exists. Because, I mean, people fight it all over the place, though. Mm-hmm. At so the let's, same. let's pretend this film is real. Where was it shot? It was shot in, uh, let's see here, shot in uh, California. Okay. Yeah, right outside super of northern Orleans, California. California. And what yeah. year Six was Rivers this? National Park. Six Rivers. And what year was this shot in? Uh, 1967. Okay. So I guess yeah, that... so the weed was sweet and music was jamming. Oh, Jimi yeah. Hendrix was just on the scene. Was that... This is just me setting the scene. Well, the streets of San Francisco were filled with hippies looking for answers. 
making questions. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It could have just been the lead singer of the Grateful Dead on a terrible bender. What was that fellow's name? <laughs> that would have been Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who is I, I, only, I only know him by his ice cream name, Cherry Garcia. Cherry Garcia, which I think is more important. In the end. <laughs> think about it. That's made me happy. I have spent more time with Cherry Garcia than Jerry Garcia. Oh, it's very that. sad. <laughs> I'm literally sitting in a bucket of Cherry Garcia right now. <laughs> yeah, this is an eaten town. Uh, well, here's an interesting, uh, some interesting background for both Patterson and Gimlin. Patterson died of cancer in 1972, and Gimlin didn't talk about the subject until the year 2000, when he finally began giving interviews and making appearances at Bigfoot conferences. Now, here is my question for you: This is cash right now. Exactly. Yeah. How excited was the guy who finally got Gimlin? For the big book conference. Excited, then immediately like, oh, yeah, that's why he hasn't spoken in 30 years. He knows (laughs) nothing. Because he's taking all the free ketchup packets out of the Burger King going like, well, you never know when you need some free ketchup. Like saying like stuff like that. He's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, like Lindbergh while your girlfriend's in the bathroom. Exactly. Um, I wish ketchup packets would have those funny sayings like the Taco Bell packets. (laughs) I don't even like, like hot sauce. I just take all of them and laugh. <laughs> I um what I love it here too is I was reading this like one little bit here and they were saying that when they finally captured the the when they captured the beast uh-huh. he said they you characterize the creature's expression as one of contempt and disgust mm-hmm. you know how it feels when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game that's the way it felt <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound uh... can't get enough of those little league analogies. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go for some of the criticisms of this uh, film. We can go through some criticisms of it, uh, and well, can we get some to the people... positives first. What uh, are there? So the any... positive is is that it looks like a monkey. The well, positive yes. is that it, that it's a bit whatever it was. It was very big. Are there any it... scientists that think that this is a legitimate possibility? Absolutely. And these yes. are real scientists. Not- yes, these are real scientists. Okay, so they do uh, have some support. There's this guy Grover Krantz uh, that he points out mostly well, let's the. Just first, say that his first name is Grover, and that's <laughs> sure. a problem. Mm-hmm. Any scientist, if you're if your name is Rupert or Grover or mm-hmm. like Hedgehog, the only thing a Grover could ever invent accidentally is the chia pet. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, one thing that a lot of anthropologists have tried to do to actually authenticate this is that they can look at how the person walks and they can compare how a human walks to Bigfoot or how Bigfoot walks compared to a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only problem with that is the film is uh, done at 24 frames per second. The frame rate isn't high enough okay. to actually distinguish that with any kind of scientific credibility. However, what- how convenient. Interesting. <laughs> However, what Grover points out uh, is he mostly points out to the dimensions of the creature, how gigantic it is. He points out that the tremendous width of the creature's shoulders, he estimated at 28.2 inches after deducting one inch for hair or (laughs) 35.1% of its full standing height. Which you also have to do with Ed Larson in order to see if he can fit in a cubby hole. Uh, he had a full standing height of 78 inches uh, or 72 inches of its walking height, which is a bit stooped, crouched, and sunk into the stand. The sh- creature's shoulders are almost 50% wider than the human mean. Oh. For comparison, Andre the Giant had a hu- human ratio of 24%. Holy shit. So whoever this that. was was fucking massive. Giga- however, I will address that later, the gigantic creatures. Uh only very rarely do humans have a shoulder breadth of 30%. 
Krantz argued that a suited person could not mimic this breath and still have the naturalistic hand and arm motions present in the film. Oh, he also right. says that the figure's stride, center of gravity, and biomechanics aren't consistent with a human's uh, biomechanics, center of gravity, and stride. Just that this thing moves very strangely. Okay. And, and, they, and, this, and this does not account for the fact that he may be a skilled mime or character actor? Mm-hmm. This is California, after all. Think about it. Uh, Think about it. And uh, so Krantz also showed the film to a man named Gordon Valiant, who is a researcher for Nike Shoes, who says he made some rather useful observations. A researcher for Nike. Put them on your feet. <laughs> I feel time it's up. It's the laces that keep them on. Isn't that weird? Some people don't use the laces. That's weird. Mm-hmm. It ain't spaghetti. <laughs> but I eat it. So, after all these years, you did have some anthropologists, some mainstream anthropo- mainstream scientific community anthropologists, mm-hmm. which uh, all of the uh, all of the Bigfoot supporters call the M uh, mainstream scientists, the M. M M S S. Okay. Mainstream scientist M S S. Took me a little cool. bit to get no, there. No, it's a lot to get to. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's all. fine. That's fine. There's a lot. That's one. The one thing I'm discovering about all these, all of this stuff, is there are a lot of acronyms. They love a it. lot of acronyms. They They're love them. Very hard to get your brain around. So some anthropologists did come out. One even wrote a book in support of it. However, in 2002. Philip Morris of Morris Costumes claims that he made a gorilla costume that was used in the Patterson film. Oh. He says that he discussed his role in the hoax privately in the 80s, but first admitted admitted it publicly in 2002. He claims he was reluctant to expose the hoax earlier for fear of harming his business, i.e. giving away his performer's secrets, which would widely be disregarded as disreputable, much like a magician going on the Fox network and showing how all the tricks are done. Interesting. Oh, that's that's an insult. He did an insult to that magician guy. He did. Yeah, that is that is un, that is unfair. Yeah. There is definitely a fight in Philip Morris's past with his father that he definitely seemed to have lost when his father said, "Get into the tobacco business. It's going to be huge." And he's like, "Fuck you, Dad. I'm making costumes." <laughs> well, Morris said he sold an ape suit to Patterson via mail order in 1967, <laughs> thinking it was going to be used in what Patterson described as a prank. Well, when you get that from the mailman, make sure to scream, "My bride!" <laughs> my bride. <laughs> Ordinarily, the perfect costume for my monkey drama. (laughs) This is strange. I did not know this. This uh, ordinarily, the gorilla suits he sold were used for a popular sideshow routine that depicted an attractive woman changing into a gorilla. Whoa! Yeah, that is a sticky theater. Mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and after the initial sale, Morris said that Patterson telephoned him to ask how to make the shoulders more active and the arms longer. And he said, here's why I said this is yeah. this is why uh, the creature's walk is so strange. Morris said, the Bigfoot researchers say that no human can walk that way in the film. Oh, yes, they can. When you're wearing long clown's feet, you can't place the ball of your foot down first. You have to put uh, your foot any down Any scientific flat. explanation that begins with when you're wearing clown feet, <laughs> like, makes me just shut down. Yeah. Another Keep thing, going. when you put on the gorilla head, you can only turn your head maybe a quarter of the way. And to look behind you, you've got to turn your head and your shoulders and your hips. Plus, the shoulder pads in the suit are in the way of the jaw. That's why Bigfoot turns and looks the way he does in the film. He has to twist his entire body. He says that also uh, Patterson called him That's asking, also how monkeys are built. 
That's how gorillas are built, where they Think can't they can't turn their head individually. Very they true. have to move their body. So, however, one more person came out, none other than Bob Hieronymus, the man in the gorilla costume. Really, his last name's Hieronymus. Yeah. It's kind of like you're like what's the the guy who's just like shut up mom I'm painting hell the Hieronymus <laughs> Bosch <laughs> yeah 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 Hieronymus Bosch live from your grave this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace finding work life balance can be tough but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the new guided design system Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there, and it's going to thrive, and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
You're oh. walking around a nice, quiet neighborhood. Mm. It's a beautiful spring early evening, like and it. there's many picturesque gardens along the street. Mm-hmm. When suddenly you notice a strange little figure with a bright red hat and hey, bushy come here, fucker, beard. Come here, you <laughs> That's a very rude gnome, Pamela. Ah, yeah, come here. Show me your ass. Show me your ass, you fuck. It's, I think we're in the bad part of gnome town. <laughs> it's staring out at you through the bushes. What is it? Come on, yeah, yeah. You want to see? I'm fucking, I, I see my foot long gnome dick. I thought they were supposed to be cute and nice. That gnome is massive. Yeah, I'm take my pointy head up and shove it right in your fucking ass. You're walking around acting like you're all tall. This isn't as magical. This is not as magical as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I got my dick stuck in a fox's ass early this morning. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I do whatever the fuck I want. My name's Terry. Oh, yeah, right, I'm the badass gnome in the fucking. Oh, look at this beautiful corn. All right, Terry. Oh, I'm happy gnome. all of a sudden. I can't believe how thick these squash are today. I guess I could go ahead and shove it up my ass. Well, you were being pleasant for a moment, but then you yeah. mentioned the squash up your ass. And I was very we're much just enjoying go. pleasant Terry. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like it when I'm Terry, nice, but everybody else can go fuck themselves. Terry, how many cigarettes do you smoke daily? Can gnomes smoke more I or less? I smoke one cigarette. It takes me nine hours. Nine <laughs> hours for one cigarette. I got a tiny mouth, in case you can't tell. Yeah. Unless you want to, yeah. I'd be perfect for sucking your dick, you fucking Oh, I see, because I, ah. I have a small dick. That's nice, Terry. Hey, Thank it's Terry. You. No one fucks with me. I'm a Siberian gnome. Oh, wow. Ooh. Of course, Siberian gnomes are known to trounce around with trolls. Yes, the Siberian gnome has been the most affected by crossbreeding. Yeah, uh, yeah, which just sounds like rape. <laughs> yeah. Gnome rape. Different type. So let's go through all the different types of gnomes. Yes. Well, first of all, <laughs> the adult male gnome weighs about half a pound. Wow, a half a pound. Yeah. The adult you know, honey, female... I am just feeling so fat. I'm telling you, I feel like a three quarters of a pound today. Go. Three quarters of a pound. You look at you fat bitch. Well, Terry, again, I didn't, I didn't invite that sort yeah, of comment. Leave that door fucking swinging open for old Terry. He's going to stick his tiny big ass boot in there. <laughs> well, it's a difficult to have a tiny I big ass I got a ass big boot. foot for a tiny dude. Yeah, shove it up your fucking meat piece. Terry, you've changed. Yeah, bring me a beer so I can drown in it. <laughs> The average height of the gnome is six I inches. A, I think there's a gnome in this beer. Somebody in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is the crack open a crack open a PBR. Oh, that's Terry no, the drunk. You're gnome. hammered, man. You're hammered. It's like no, dude. I think there's, there's a, a gnome in my fucking beer, in my man. Fucking beer. This beer's fucking cheap. It's like a mean fucking drunk troll. Get something nice, you no. fucking. You got something to say to me? Like you can fucking take me. So, but I was also reading about how gnomes are very durable, but how you could grab a gnome and throw him across a room and it bounces off a wall and it's totally fine. Oh, yeah, I believe that. All I... the sorts of fun things you could just fucking yeah. make up. Yeah, so this... I read a story where a cat, a man found a cat choking on a gnome. He squeezed the cat's neck until hmm. it spat it out and he thought the gnome was dead. So he kind of laid it out uh, on his table <laughs> it's kind of saying, honey, look at this. This is a dead female gnome. Right. Naked as a jaybird. I died and I woke up in hell. I woke up in hell. <laughs> And he comes, and he comes, wakes up the next morning. The gnome is missing. Oh, uh, wow. Every time. Turns out, she's just playing dead. Playing dead. Typical gnome trickery. It was a f- naked female gnome? It was a naked female gnome. That's Apparently, weird. That's cat- a weird element to that story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I looked, and I flopped around his little gnome's boobies for a second, just, you know, because no one was looking. <laughs> Got a bizarre little gnome First boobies. Of all, I know that I can write a little post about this in my blogosphere called Raping the Gnome. <laughs> Raping the Gnome. <laughs>
<laughs> but of course, the uh, gnome wife's husband came back, thanked him for saving his wife, and That's they nice. had a good crop of barley that year. Here's oh. a blueberry. <laughs> That's very nice. What am I going to do with the fucking blueberry, gnome? Get me some cash. Hoist Where's the, the money, gnome? Well, there's another story about a gnome being uh, saved, and the man asks, what? I want three wishes. He gives him a big, big nugget of gold. That's nice. And then he takes it to town. He tries selling it, and they say, you're just a simple woodland farmer. What are you doing with all this gold? And he said, no, what? but a gnome gave it to me. And they sure. said, get to the back of the bus, mister. We're wow. not buying your bill of sale here. They didn't believe him, huh? They didn't believe him. Oh, that's insane. They threw him in jail. Oh come on! Yeah, gnomes, it's like those genie things where it's like the gnome does things and you can't believe you. You, you know, you got to be aware what gifts you receive from a gnome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. A, well, a gnome also. Nice, um, a, the male wears a peaked red cap. Yes. yes. Well, let's go back real quick. Uh, let's hit up the types of yes, gnomes. The, so we've we've discussed the Siberian gnome, the edgy Terry type gnome. Yes, the Siberian gnome. Uh, he is centimeters larger, so he's the bigger gnome. Okay. He yes. is. Uh, he associates freely with trolls. Wow. And in certain regions, there's not a single gnome to be trusted. That would be in Siberia. The Siberian gnome takes revenge for even the slightest offense by killing cattle, <laughs> causing bad harvests, droughts, abnormally cold weather, and so forth. The less said about him, the better. The better. Don't even write about it in a fucking website about gnomes. Because God right. knows what this guy's going to come up with. He showed up here and be like, yeah, I raped your wife. Well, that sounds like Stop a typical it, thing Siberian for you to do. Gnome. That's not fucking cool. The Why yes. did you rape my wife? Because her fucking gash was open to me, and I hopped up in there. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, Terry. Terry's going to fucking slide it in and out so she has an orgasm. <laughs> I'm not sure if Terry's going to uh, invoke an orgasm. Yeah, right. I'll use my whole body. I fucking slam the that whole clit thing. like it's a boxing bag. <laughs> that is disgusting. This is horrible. I, yeah, <laughs> that's that's enough of Terry for a second. <laughs> you know, just a moment. We got farm gnomes. Yeah, we got farm gnomes. They resemble the house gnome, uh, but it, it yeah, is other they're like more... Uncle Tom gnomes. Yeah, <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom's been, these are fucking gnomes have been put to work. Yeah, they uh, are of a more constant nature, and they are conservative in all manners. The house gnome is a okay. special sort, however. He resembles an ordinary gnome, but he has the most knowledge of mankind. Gnome kings are wow. chosen from this family of gnome. Okay. What? They're good-natured, always ready for a lark or a tease. Hey, <laughs> uh, so we were talking quickly about Iceland, which really, which, uh, in Iceland, the, the Hildefik uh, that exists there, uh, they say there's up to 65% of people that live in Iceland, Ragnar, you can tell us if that's true or not, believe that they've at least seen a gnome, never mind been raped by one. <laughs> well, I don't um, know how many, how many believe that they've been I, raped I, I mean, by I, them. I, I, I think I you're know. making that stand up. Say, I mean, I don't know. 68% have been raped by a gnome, but only 65% have seen them. Have so seen 3% them. just can't believe they were raped by yeah, a gnome? Yeah, they don't know really they just sat on a Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> and so, it's the, a weird way to eat. But what's really interesting, so the, it's very common there. We, another thing we discover is with these, uh, with a lot of gnome sighting and what they say is like hidden people, like elves, tiny people. Right. As a lot of times it, again, co- it coordinates with p- places of heavy uh, UFO activity. And another way, another 
a thing that correlates with that is that when they talk about Iceland, the thing about Iceland is that it's sitting on a bed of moving lava, right? And so Iceland, uh, 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 on a sort of uh, geological standpoint, is still, like, being formed. And so there's something to the idea that because it's in constant transition and there's something going on underneath it, it it has an effect on the mentality and, of course, like, even the psychic state of people living around there. I would say the volcanic gases probably cause a fair amount of yeah, and the other thing and also, is also magic mushrooms are fucking everywhere in Iceland. You see a lot of gnomes on magic. Yeah, mushrooms. I'm sure if you eat, yeah, if you spend right. all day just being like, Grandma's making stroganoff tonight, and she's just like been eating fucking <laughs> golden rimmed fucking like brown berry mushrooms out there, and she's just like dancing on the ceiling, and then she's like, Why are you supposed to make a stroganoff, Grandma? And she's like, the colors. I'm a rainbow. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's I, beautiful. I love grandma. I love um, going to grandma's house. There's but, also a thing called house gnomes. Mm-hmm. Which you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there's a crop circle. Like, crop circles are, are also formed around natural aquifers. And, like, all these things where it's like when we're, when sort of heavy geological activities happening, that's when you see a lot of sightings of these types of things. So that's I'm not all. farting. It sounds like I'm farting constantly, but there's drilling going on. Yeah, upstairs. someone so is doing some construction <laughs> so do they, near do they, our not quite soundproof studio. No. <laughs> do these gnomes enjoy sort of uh, aquifer like situations? They like some swamp lands okay, and things like that. Can I read the daily routine of the gnomes? Please do, sir. After sunset, the gnome house comes to life. Even without windows, they know when it begins to get dark. And besides, the field mice begins to toddle about them. <laughs> Time for me to wake up. <laughs> the lady of the house steps out of the alcove bed, puts on her slippers, and shuffles off to the stove, where she belongs. Well, I, I, Henry he put that in there the, himself. <laughs> where he gets the fire underway by adding dry leaves to the embers. Oh. Next, she puts on a couple of pails of water on the heat, if her husband wants a bath, that is, <laughs> and, and a kettle one. on for tea. She then goes to the bathroom to make herself presentable. And he's sleeping this whole time. Oh, he's <laughs> you know, de- deeply asleep because he's got work to do. Right, right. When she leaves the bathroom, her husband waits a few minutes, then pokes his feet out of the alcove, Bev, sometimes with morning mumbles and grumbles. <laughs> he then steps into his slippers and hangs his nightshirted nightcap on a handsome wrought iron peg. Well, that's mm. nice. Except if you're a poor gnome and then it's a nail <laughs> fucking buried in a fucking board. Yeah, that's sad. He looks on improvingly as his wife empties hot water into the tub, testing the temperature. He then steps to this bath. I hope it's the right temperature. In you know? bathing, yeah. he takes a couple of handfuls of dried soapwort, Sopanaria officinalis, from a tray hanging on the wall and splashes it around in the water to produce an abundance of suds. <laughs> <laughs> he coughs a little bit because he's a raging alcoholic well- who smokes constantly. <laughs> Well, mother and father are those occupied. The children set the table for breakfast. In the meantime, father dries himself. Right. Which is uh, quite a great uh, image of a gnome dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be really quick. How big is a gnome towel? You think four three, inches. Four inches? <laughs> The gnome itself is only six. six inches. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like that's a pretty large I use a nine-foot towel. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I burrito myself. Right, right. After breakfast, his wife prepares a snack for his night journey, a hollowed acorn filled with tea and a bag of biscuits. Sweet. The biscuits, taken from various grass seeds... <laughs> Sweet marijuana. ...are a hearty meal in themselves. He lights his first pipe... 
waits until his wife has cleared away the breakfast things, and then they discuss the coming nightly activities or problems concerning the children. I think little Bobby Gnome is going to kill us in our sleep. Most likely, honey. I'm Most afraid likely. he's going to take a tiny fucking gnome AK-47 to his school. Oh, that would be adorable. <laughs> the first, a little gnome the first, gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nalumbine. <laughs> yes, Gnomebine was one of the, yeah, that was one of the saddest then, <laughs> moments in gnome history, wasn't it? Yeah, they blame <laughs> Marilyn Gnomeson. Yeah, Marilyn Gnomeson. It's dark gnome music. Yeah, of course. Uh, bah, 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 bah. The beautiful gnome. The beautiful people. The beautiful gnomes. The beautiful uh, gnomes. As he enters the outside, he checks out the terrain for a few minutes. And if it's not yet dark enough, the gnome waits besides a friendly rabbit until deeper darkness falls. His activities Whoa, what happened? Night, his activities at night may be some of the following. He could go to the forge, pottery, or sawmill. Mm-hmm. He may go to his herb garden or I- and either sow seeds, weed, hoe, prune, or harvest. Mm-hmm. He may take care of the firewood supply or pick berries. Everything that can be done during short, sultry summer nights, long, cold winter nights, velvet, black, or moonlit nights, rainy nights, etc. And just before sunrise, if the gnome's activities do not cause him to seek shelter elsewhere, which means he can go fuck whatever he wants. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. Um, I'm, sorry, but I'm sorry, wife. There was a kitty cat that was waiting for me outside of the hollow log. Yeah, and it throated me over and over again like, you won't do. <laughs> I'd love to watch a little a gnome juggly club, you know? It'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah. So this next guy is someone that a lot of people out there probably would have heard about, especially if you're really into aliens. Yep. The Flatwoods Monster. Well, this, yeah. is, this is my favorite kind of regional monster because I because I, I, you hear a lot with Mothman as well. A lot of these stories are often paired with UFO sightings. I love it because to me it's I, I it supports the idea that there is a grand paranormal theory that like aliens and these monsters and elves and fairies and shit are all the same thing. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm not even looking at you. I'm trying to. I looked away. Yeah, you got to look away. I have a series of beliefs. (laughs) The one fun thing about this uh, with the Flatwood Monster, he has a little scooter with him. He's got his own little mobile. He's got like a Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Like like a a Green Goblin Professor X thing. Yeah. Which is very fascinating. Well, the first sighting of the Flatwoods Monster was in 1952 when a group of kids saw a flying saucer crash into the land out of the sky. Mm. They went to go check it out. Of course, they saw a large pulsating ball of fire. Uh-oh. Which is really cool because it, but this was also witnessed by a bunch of people. This was seen by like a, like a couple dozen people. Some they adults made a big deal. They called yeah. the police station because mm-hmm. they were like, they thought there was a downed aircraft. And so a bunch of people went out to go see what they saw. Mm-hmm. And the great show on the History Channel introduces us to an investigator who has been working on the case for 20 years. 20 years. He hasn't had a wife in 20 years. And, uh, <laughs> but he's got one. a lot of files in the Flatwood monster. He does have a lot of files and a lot of sand. I think he just got a lot of dirt in those canisters. He's collecting all the dirt from the scene. Well, of course, these kids, though, they were the first on the scene. It was a group of three kids. They detected a pungent mist in the air that burned their eyes and throats. A lot of smells. In fact, we see that a lot with Big Feet as well. Yeah, he smells like shit. Yeah, skunk Big Feet. That would be the The plural. plural. Big Foot. Okay. 
There are many big feet. Because yeah, when you say Bigfoot, <laughs> yeah. I think Bigfoot. I mean, I don't know. I've, I, I, I don't know about. I've never been to Oregon, but I swear to God, I'm scared the idea that there's like nine to twelve Bigfoots up in there. I think Bigfoots <laughs> is is the proper term. Yeah, not big feet. Well, if any of you have yeah, an opinion feet. on whether it's Bigfoot or Big Feet, I guess big, take the time to email. Well, go to the yeah, last podcast. I mean, go to the last podcast Facebook page and and let us know there. Big Feet sounds like a whole other creature. <laughs> no, he's got. He's not. He's only got one big foot. He's got, one, he's got two big well, feet. Okay, so if you want to make an argument that the whole thing is wrong, yeah, then yeah, it should I just be big that. feet because he's got two big feet. And I will <laughs> add that into my super theory. Uh huh. <laughs> right. you well, even, it's, an, it's an ongoing debate. Then I'm I, going with big foot. When I release my journals, oh, everyone yeah. will see the truth. No, you're gonna you're gonna be framed for a crime you didn't commit just because they're so psychotic. <laughs> So they go out there with their flashlight. They're looking at the object that is a large glowing ball on the ground. And they see off to the left two glowing lights uh, in the trees. Hmm. They shine their flashlight over, revealing a creature, which is said to be at least 10 feet tall, a red face, bulging non-human eyes, and shaped like either a heart or the ace of spades. Yeah, people saying it's ace of spades, and it looks specifically yes. very artificial. Now, we're, like, which is really interesting because you're going to hear, there, there are several other sightings of this monster, which mm-hmm. we'll hear right now, and he th- apparently this is some sort of costume he was wearing or some sort of protective suit. Which yes. would make sense, yeah. Why don't you take some of the other sightings? Well, the other sightings were basically the the, the other, there was a couple driving. It was a 31-year-old woman and her daughter were driving down the highway near the area where it was originally seen about a week later. And they saw a, another gigantic nine-foot-tall humanoid. This is they were driving. Mm-hmm. Same, very similar to a UFO story. Blinding light hit the car. They stopped the car in front of them through this light and smoke, which began to surround the car, which, again, they said smelled like mustardy, smelled super soul. Mm-hmm. This creature and a gigantic look like what what we hear in describing the original sighting of the monster. It's like a gigantic metallic skirt. Yes. Like, and this Ooh. thing. Yes. And it said the same thing. This creature came forward. It looked lizard in nature, mm-hmm. nine feet tall to its hands. The same just, thing that it described in the first monster. Its hands were just like two long digits. Yeah. Two yeah. little fingers. There. Short, stubby arms ending in long claw like fingers which yes. protruded from the front of the body. Yeah. It's like just somebody after an 18 hour rave. You know? <laughs> Just body painted yeah. for some woods rave. Yeah, but it was floating on and, on this device, and it came up yes. to their car, touched their car, and apparently created a V-burn on the hood of their car and then disappeared. And the car stopped, right? They had some car troubles? Yeah. That was the yeah, and, uh, it's a very where, common is, UFO scenario. What is the name of the town again? Uh, this is Braxton County, West Virginia. And no, Braxton County, West Virginia. So I'm just going to go on a limb. A uh, 31-year-old mother... Driving with her 21-year-old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> 21-year-old daughter. Isn't that interesting? Both but, of age. Both but of age to this drink. is another comment. Because well, you can easily connect this to the Mothman uh, sightings. Because Mothman, same exact thing. Coal town. Giant but glowing now, redding eyes. Huge nine-foot-tall creature. and there's, But he could fly. He didn't need this uh, vehicle fly, to get around. But there's it's there's a connection to the two that I think a lot comes from like uh, the poisonous gases coming out of the mountains. Just randomly. well, that's my favorite thing about it. This guy would he would uh, just get everybody super messed up on this uh, on these inhalants, mustard gas. Mustard, is what they mustard said gas. It smelled like yeah, because the people who originally saw the Flatwoods monster got incredibly sick. Yeah, and, yeah. and they say that even later on in that Monster Quest episode on uh, the, about the Flatwoods monster, they basically said like everybody who was involved in the original sightings had been dying. Of 
cancer. But the thing is, it's a very old sighting, and uh, I have a feeling these people all chain smoked. They were going to get cancer And there was a lot of whiskey. And they all died uh, just, it it seems to be natural causes. But they're all coal mines. I mean, there is a very rational explanation for the Flatwoods monster. They all died of lung and throat cancer. Yeah, asteroid, owl, um, they keep coal, saying this owl, fumes. though. That's the thing that I don't understand. What do you mean? Explain you know, this owl thing. They said that they, they, the, the way they have explained off the Flatwoods Monster is that it's this chain of oh, events. It's an owl. That they saw they saw an asteroid. There was a fire in the forest, and then they saw a big old owl, and it shined their lights on it in the uh, in the. And they have a thing called um, expectant. Perception, I believe, yeah, yeah, is the yeah. term mm-hmm. where, like, they use in cryptozoology, which is this idea that, like, if you are told that you're going to see shit, and if, like, well, it's because the Mothman was also happening, or not like nearish to the same time and these stories have happened all over the country for forever and so it's like you're expecting to see something so maybe you'll take the vision of an owl that you shined a flashlight on and make it into a giant monster expecting reality not only that but in 1952 this was when aliens and UFOs were all over movies they were all over comic books television these kids they see something flying out of the sky remember they're children and then they they will see what they want to see they were in their teens yeah they were in their teens but still these these are the types of kids that are going to be seeing that type of stuff. And the short uh, type of protruding limbs with claws, it's owl claws. Yeah, but how big I don't an owl know. is it? Yeah, I mean, that's Owls can get pretty big. They can't it get nine a, feet. I mean, they can't. Well, if they're up top and you see, if they're on top of, say, a bush or something like that, because it was also described as being green in nature, mm-hmm. the actual pleated skirt. It could be. So an owl sitting on top of a bush. How am I the one that is being Isn't portrayed as crazy right now? I'm just saying it just sounds crazy that just some owls going to be around in the forest. I've seen <laughs> a lot of owls. I've never thought it was the Flatwood Monster. Not even once. Yeah. Not at all. But you never know. But there is these stories have been told for years and years and years. And so and it's, so we could probably hop from that to the Mothman. Of course, the Mothman. Which is just that we have we've when did Mothman start? 1966. Yeah, 1966. So and this is again, West yeah. Virginia. Uh, I mapped it. It's about an hour from Flatwoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the same area. Again, a town sitting on and that's specifically uh, Point Pleasant, right? Point Pleasant was sitting on a coal waste dump. Like underneath the ground, they dumped all this Dump. the, the waste products yeah. from the coal mine into the water supply. Yeah, <laughs> so that's they've been getting poisoned for a while. So they were just seeing things. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I feel like if you get poisoned for twenty years, you get used to it. Oh, absolutely. So you why build are you a seeing shit now? Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, until the cancer comes. Well, and the cancer's the, gonna come for us all anyway. Most likely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive heart attack uh, as well. That's a, that's a very good possibility. Uh, we don't know, though, going back to Flatwoods real quick, we don't know where the smoke came from, and uh, everyone does seem to think that that was a, uh, well, a real no, phenomenon. It just sounds like the smoke is a part of what made you see the thing, is that it's probably some fart from a mountain of poisonous <laughs> coal was, gas. It was a it mountain came out and it, Yeah, it made everybody just go like, ooh. Yeah, the yeah. impact of the asteroid upon the ground could have expelled some sort of gas, because there are asteroids falling on record at, right. on that day at that time in that area. Oh, so, so that's it. Yeah, unless it came from the asteroid. <laughs> That's a very, very good possibility. No, it's, it's an asteroid and a big owl. Oh, That's okay. all it is. All right, all right. A lot of smoke, though. I'm going to take a look at the evidence again and decide for <laughs> yeah. myself if it's not the black with the fucking monster's real or not. Oh, you mean the children's drawings? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're very well they're done. very creepy. Yeah. yeah, they're creepy as shit. I like the way you describe uh, 
you know, how they, that's just the earth farting. So like a geyser is like, hey, so you're taking a big piss. <laughs> and then like a volcano is like, oh, this guy shits. I'm not a scientist. Right. That's the earth, earth taking a big shit. And then you're like, you're a bad <laughs> father. The volcano, that he must have had some spicy food. Oh, yeah, it looks like a spicy shit to me. Oh. <laughs> so instead of us really getting into the Mothman. Because we covered the Mothman before. Yes. Everybody knows it. And so a real brief, a bunch of Mothman sightings happened and then a bridge collapsed outside of this and ta- Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia, and they believed it became this harbinger of bad news. Well, mm-hmm. in reality, the bridge collapsed because of bad government. Bad yeah, government. I mean, yeah, it's West the Virginia. The infrastructure yeah. in this country is not doing well. No. Not nailing it. No. no. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All of my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Now, while many skeptics say that the chupacabra phenomenon could not possibly be real as the creature only started showing up in Puerto Rico in the mid-90s, but that isn't necessarily true. Hmm. No es necessario verdad. Good job, Henry. (laughs) Now, while the term chupacabra only showed up around 1995, weird shit 
had been happening in Puerto Rico for decades before that, and specifically weird vampire shit in addition to UFOs, secret government tests, and a Bigfoot or two. Yeah! Bigfoot, love them. Man, I would love to be on a Bigfoot hunt in Puerto Rico. You could go and they got the plantains and nothing but sweet, delicious pork and the beaches and Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. El Yunque Rainforest, which is where Bigfoot has been seen many a time. El Yunque Rainforest is the most beautiful place I've ever been to on... uh, the entire earth. It, it's fantastic. And with any luck, there'll be a Gary Busey-like billionaire aboard who just finds himself a poor, impoverished person from New York City, covers him in a Bigfoot outfit, throws him into the woods, and you get to hunt him like you're like a real person. Like a real hunter. person. You're a hunter. <laughs> you're four big feet. Also, Bigfoot. this is the thing, though. Bigfoot out in the jungle, kind of steaming. They're kind of humid. Think it would shave itself. <laughs> Probably looks like a normal, big, fat, ugly person. But before we get to all that, let's cover some of the original mid '90s sightings. Now, a woman named Madeline Tolentino reported that she witnessed a creature that was three feet tall, ran on two legs in a strange hopping motion that will become important later. Remember that. <laughs> Sounds like Lieutenant Dan Forrest Gump. <laughs> Yeah, large black eyes, bony fingers, long arms and legs, and a feathery line running down its back. But another witness who saw that creature closer up said that those feathers were actually sharp spines. And that witness was also close enough to see that the creature's mouth was full of fang-like teeth, perfect for goat sucking. Well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but did they get married? Did they get married? <laughs> did they get married? The thing is that I don't necessarily see fangs and think, oh, that's good for sucking. Normally, well, what I'd like to see is a long tube with a bunch of like- You're talking like, about a proboscis. Yes, like Ooh. spines at the very end of it. Now, that's good for sucking. Well, that is a good point, and maybe we can get that answered. How do they actually get the blood out of there? That's very true. I mean, there's a lot of different theories. How were they getting the blood out of there, Mark? <laughs> oh, you know what it was? Twirly straws. Uh, Every chupacabra comes with three twirly straws. Have fun straws. with it. Make it fun. Make it fun. Now, this wasn't even close to the only sighting in the mid-90s. Nick Redfern, author of Chupacabra Road Trip, interviewed a farmer named Jorge who lived in a small village and raised roosters for cockfights, an industry that legally pumps $100 million a year into the struggling Puerto Rican economy, employing 1.2 million people. Literally. Wow. And their baseball teams literally cost about $10 million a year. <laughs> well, we were talking before the show, out of all animal fights, cockfights are probably the most reasonable. I mean, I dated a girl in high school whose dad was a cockfighter, uh, and he treated those animals wonderfully. This is, sort of, this is technically some sort of validation syndrome, because you chose to sleep within the cockfighting mafia. Well, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So you chose to love on the wrong side of the tracks, the cockfighting the cock track. You but, see, I, I, roosters, again, yeah, I don't feel like they have that very many emotions no. until I saw chicken people. Oh, so you can come here and tell good. me that... No, that's Chickens don't point. have emotions no, they, and they should be allowed to fight each other. Well, I think it's the people that are broken inside that implant their emotions inside the chicken. Maybe and you are correct. sort of a reflection. <laughs> I do want to say, though, the girlfriend that Marcus had, her father told her she must break up with Marcus because she's dating a chupacabra <laughs> and he will kill the entire fighting flock. He's got those spaced apart teeth. Perfect for sucking. <laughs> leave him. Leave him. So one night, Jorge woke up to the frightened cries of his beloved roosters, but decided it wasn't worth going out to check on that night as chickens freaking out isn't exactly a rare occurrence. Yeah, why did he even wake up? <laughs> All <laughs> chickens wow. and roosters do is scream. <laughs> <laughs> but when he woke up and took a look at the cages where the roosters were kept the next morning, he found that all of them were dead. 
Now, while one might think this was merely one of many of Puerto Rico's wild dogs having a good time, the only wounds the roosters had received were two neat puncture wounds on their necks. Mm. Furthermore, the roosters had been completely drained of blood, although it is possible in a lot of these chupacabra cases where they say they're drained of blood, they say there's no real blood around, so they assume that there's no blood left. As Redfern points out, lack of blood at the scene might just mean that the blood of the roosters had merely pooled into the lower parts of their bodies, as that does tend to happen once a heart stops pumping blood. See, I had that happen to me on Sunday because I had sat on the couch for approximately 12 hours, (laughs) and eventually the blood does pool all the way down. Well, I suffered from blood clots growing up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, though... They keep saying this. All oh, the blood is gone. Total la sangre is as vaccinatio. I'm not yeah. sure they had to say no, gone. No, that's not right. Yeah, but it's it's never all the way gone. In order to get all of the blood out of something, you need a proboscis. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> or you got you got to shake it. Well, we've never actually caught a Puerto Rican yeah. chupacabra. Dead or alive, unlike the Texas chupacabra who has been caught dead many a time. This right. woman on Monster Quest is a woman who's been like, I found the chupacabra on my land, and I knew it was because I had never seen a canine form such as this. She chopped off the head of the corpse of this dead dog and froze it, <laughs> put it in her freezer around her family, well. brings it out, and the, and the guy at the cryptozoologist, she brings out this frozen head of a dog. He's like, well, that's... There's a first time for everything. <laughs> Look at that. That's a dog. Yeah. Always nice to have a severed dog head in your freezer for months. Well, the only actual evidence that we had of the Puerto Rican chupacabra forensically uh, was a bunch of chicken feathers that were supposedly covered in chupacabra saliva. Ooh. But once they were finally sent for DNA testing, uh, unfortunately, the sample had degraded to a point where it was useless. And there is somewhere a farmer wiping his brow of sweat. <laughs> Because he is like, if they find out I'm licking my chickens, I will be I will be ham, embarrassed. Ham, ham, ham. You I like best. You are my favorite chicken. You will be so succulent. How big and supple your breast. I just want to go fight. Can I go fight? Oh, no, no, no. First I would be, like to go fight. You're my sweet little loud salt lick. Delicious little oh, chicken. If the chupacabra <laughs> would just come and save me from this hell. But the lack of blood wasn't the only strange thing about the crime scene. All the chickens had been locked away in separate cages when Jorge had gone to bed that night, but by the morning, each cage had been unlatched to get at the sweet rooster inside. Mm. This suggests a human culprit with opposable thumbs, but how could a human drain that many chickens with no light to guide him? As this was a small village, there were no street lamps or anything like that, and how could said human get away with no footprints? He was floating on a bunch of balloons. That's possible. Like in the movie Up. Ooh, I like that movie. And then there's the matter of the hair. Jorge found a tuft of coarse hair stuck in the wires of one cage that had been particularly roughed up. Jorge gave the tuft to the cop who showed up to investigate the dead chickens. Cop said, 
I'm going to go have it analyzed, but Jorge never saw the hair nor the cop ever again. Well, I mean, not a cop. That was a stripper <laughs> on the way to a bachelorette party. Yeah. But also, uh, it just it seems like you've got a man named Jorge who lives out in the, he calls the cops over and he's just like, the, the goat sucker has come to my house. And literally, they're just trying to shut him up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So they look at the thing, they see a bunch of coarse hair in there. They should naturally assume that a Greek man <laughs> has just gone rooster wild. Sure. <laughs> Can you eat the chickens? After the chupacabra yeah. has killed them? No. I, I mean, I think you can. A chupacabra chicken sounds ex, uh, it sounds exceptional and, I, and rare and, and probably a very high price for a plate of chupacabra chicken. I, could, I guess, honestly, the jury is out on that for me personally, only because- You eat brains? I know, but they're raised kidneys. for that. They literally just they have their legs of atrophied and they'd be put in a tiny cage so they can do nothing but think so their brains get big and juicy. <laughs> oh, is that what they do when that's they put chickens they in cages do. so they can think? <laughs> they can think. They I get see. big and juicy. So then, but my head, people also collect roadkill and yes. eat roadkill. Well, you mm-hmm. can't. It's legal in many states. Varmint stew. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. They call it varmint stew? Some people do. Probably I don't could know. give it a new name. Probably could call it Lubbock stew. <laughs> well, I think it's the same thing. But uh, I don't have I'm a problem call with it a good Aspermont soup. <laughs> yeah, why not? This is more of a stew than a soup. It's just a name. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it... Tr- Truck tire stew. <laughs> Shout out to our listeners in Espermont. Oh, absolutely. Fly from your grave. So by late January of 1909, the southern part of New Jersey, as well as parts of Pennsylvania and New York, were in a full-blown panic that would last a full seven days, known at the time as Phenomenal Week. Cool. <laughs> In that week alone, people made well over 100 reports that they'd seen something resembling the Jersey Devil. The whole thing started with a man named Thack Cozens, who saw it flying down the street in Woodbury, New Jersey that Sunday. Then, when a cop in Bristol, Pennsylvania, reported that he'd seen the creature and it even took a shot, the thing became a little bit more real, because a cop had seen it. Of course, and he tried to shoot it immediately. (laughs) I mean, he had to at the time. He thought it was holding a weapon. Uh (laughs) Over the next few days, strange tracks started appearing in dozens of towns across southern New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And on January 19th, a Mr. and Mrs. Nelson Evans were woken up by a strange creature outside their house in the middle of the night. This is the account as told by Mr. Evans. It was about three feet and a half high, with a head like a collie dog and a face like a horse. It had a long neck, wings about two feet long, and its back legs were like those of a crane. And it had horse's hooves. I believe it was married to Matthew Broderick. (laughs) Uh, It walked on its back legs and held up two short front legs with paws on them. It didn't use the front legs at all while we were watching. My wife and I were scared, I tell you. But I managed to open the window and say, Shoo! And it turned around, barked at me, and flew away. I believe it said its name was Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> that is a classic bit. Classic bit. Classic. Sarah classic. Jessica Parker. Wow. Classic. Relevant and classic. That's, classic. that's the thing. <laughs> Another woman chased the devil down with the broom as it was trying to eat her dog, and that encounter was followed by the entirety of the Black Hawk Social Club seeing the devil whiz past their windows during a meeting. Wow. And that Black Hawk Social Club must have been a pile of bitches. <laughs> and you know when they came 
came into the to whatever quilt social that they went to afterwards, being like, "We all saw the Jersey Devil last night," and they're all like, "Oh yeah, we did too." Uh, uh, it sounds like someone's ghost is talking. Slammed, <laughs> slammed him again. Nice. Is it social clubs were they women or men? I thought men, men were mostly in the social. Yeah, club men were. So, yeah, that was a social yeah. club. Yeah, the Blackhawk Social Club. That was a bunch of dudes hanging out. I thought there. it was like a cool group of goth chicks, and I got. I was happy with the idea of it. <laughs> now it's a bunch of dudes from Trenton, New Jersey. But I think everyone yeah. was kind of goth back then. Yeah, weren't they? Somewhat. It was yeah. more. Everybody looked like John C. Riley back then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, okay. the men and the women. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until a city councilman in Trenton claimed he'd seen the devil, which made the whole damn thing official, that the Jersey Devil panic really got out of hand. Mm, you can always trust public officials in Trenton. <laughs> always. <laughs> so by Friday, schools were closed and factories were shut down because the men refused to leave their families to go to work. This is after just five days. Wow. And other men formed posses and searched for the devil throughout the night. Oh, this is so fun. Yes. It's awesome. Even a local fire department got in on the game when they freaked out and sprayed what they assumed to be the Jersey Devil with a fire hose until whatever it was ran away screaming. (laughs) Probably just the town drunk. (laughs) Just a guy. Just a guy with like elephantitis who's just been like, there's just no reason for this tree. I'm the only one in this town who knows how to do taxes. <laughs> uh, everything settled down by the end of January, and the sightings of the Jersey Devil have been sporadic at best ever since. Okay. With one of the most gruesome happening in 1966. Says you, though, Marcus, because every single person I know that I, I texted the two people I know from Jersey, and both of them said, oh, yeah, I got a Jersey Devil story. And then when you watch other docs and like the Monster Quest episode about Jersey Devil, everybody's got a story which involves being like, we were out. And you, I mean, we weren't completely straight, <laughs> but we had only a couple of beers. We're only smoking a little bit. And next thing you know, I'm looking at a, a dog horse <laughs> with bat wings. And you're just like, they all say the same shit. Yeah, it's all, it's the exact same story over and over again, except. For this one in 1966. Hmm. This is another clip from Mother Leeds' 13th child from a cop who responded to a call about the Jersey Devil attacking a farm. The time I was called here, Mr. Silcouch advised the station that he was missing numerous ducks and some other type of animals. I arrived at the scene here at this time, he advised me that he was missing 31 ducks, four cats, two dogs, and a few geese. Apparently, some type of animal would come in and, uh, gotten these fowl and his animals and taken them off somewheres and either just killed them for the sake of killing or had eaten some of them. No other animal could have done that. <laughs> no, It had possible. to have been the Jersey Devil attack these ducks. ducks. But they fly. <laughs> Was yes. it by any chance uh, coming well, I, upon winter? I, just, I love cop talk so much. I love to, and upon the scene of the crime, all 30 plus one, that is 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus one, 31. Trenta Uno in Italian. Um, ducks, the fowl, the waterfowl um, with marble texture to their wings, to their feathers. The ocular, I don't know what the scientific word for feathers, John. Do you know? They were disappearing from the scene. They do let you know everything they know. Everything they know, yes. from your grave. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk lake monsters, we would be remiss if we didn't start with the most infamous lake monster of all time. The biggest and most famous cryptid that we have yet to cover here on the show. (gasps) 
Choose wisely. What's it going to be? Jack Nicholson on a sub eating yes. a sub. <laughs> Jack Nicholson on a boat yes, eating a subway that sandwich. Is, that is my favorite. <laughs> I had to go through a series of people, but then I was like, oh, they'll be mad at me. They'll respect that person. But Jack Nicholson, because he's doing so well, yes. eating yeah. a sandwich on a boat, that's my kind of sea monster. God, it's my favorite. Talking about the Loch Ness monster. Oh, okay. oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when it comes to a location where a cryptid might live, it's hard to do better than Loch Ness. Loch Ness is the largest body of freshwater in all of Britain, and other than a few vacationing middle-class Englishmen, it was largely unspoiled until 1933, when some of the loch's surrounding forest was cleared away to give easier access. And a sum of Loch Ness's entire situation was ruined by next week's topic, which I'm actually yes. very excited for about how, what is... We're going to cover deforestation? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about what's going on in Brazil right no, now? No, no, that's like oh, okay. season 25 of, of last podcast and left, when Great. it's just talking about how, like, <laughs> bugs are also kind of evil and uh, wind, uh, wind uh, grass uh, attacks. I love that. I can't wait to read the bugs are also kind of evil script. That yeah. Yeah. Some organs look weird. Yeah, they do. The stomach. Yikes, weird. <laughs> Furthermore, Loch Ness is not a singular body of water. The River Ness connects the loch to the sea, which conveniently gives Loch Ness believers an excuse when people ask why Nessie isn't being constantly spotted by the hundreds of thousands of observers who have been coming to the loch since the 30s. He goes out the big dur. Oh, I see. He's got a big dur at Well, he's got to. Everyone's trying to punch its vagina like Marcus Parks did. He's I did not punch the Loch Ness monster's vagina. Oh, you would okay. if you could. I know you would. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know that about him. Mm-hmm. However, people do tend to see something out there with fair regularity, and there's a reason for that. The lock's waters are often terribly calm, and the high shorelines cast shadows and reflections that cause small objects like birds and small animals like otters to appear much larger than they really are. What does the otter do? Swims, eats... That's it. That's, okay. You seen him? He puts the blocks of the different shapes in the proper slots. Yeah. I just don't know how an otter survives other than like for fun on Instagram. Turning tricks. It's a sex worker of the lake world. <laughs> oh, my. In addition, wakes from boats passing through the lock, of which there are many, can be reflected from the shores to form a standing wave in the center of the lock long after the boat has passed out of sight, which could easily be mistaken for the wake of a large creature swimming underwater. And it also has a lot of, like, weird channels underneath it. It has a, it's got a weird bottom to it where they say that people can, things can hide or whatever, but it does seem to be more than anything. Every time they've taken pictures of what could be, there's a recent picture of a Loch Ness actually Mm -hmm. that came out like several months ago that came out, but it was a big fish. Well, that's, yeah, but it's fun if you just call it a Loch Ness Monster. And what's what the saying. difference? That's what I mean. You, the, now you're getting on my page. Yeah, so. what the, I mean, honestly, the the water is still full of the scariest of all the creatures, as far as I'm concerned. If you We're call so- it a tuna sandwich, it becomes a tuna sandwich. That's what Subway did. Now, Scotland is full of locks, just like Loch Ness. Some so deep that the Eiffel Tower could be dropped to the depth and the tip wouldn't even break the surface. Whoa, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, is she in the Eiffel Tower under the ocean? That's where she put it. <laughs> That's where she Wait, put it? I don't know. 
Carmen San Diego. <laughs> you were trying to find Carmen San Diego. I don't think that she had anything. Did she have anything? She would steal th- important historical figures and and landmarks. That's why you were trying to find Carmen San Diego. I thought they were. I thought she was just a missing person. What do you think? She thought that she was just like guilty <laughs> of rape or something. <laughs> yeah, like Roman Polanski. I don't know. I thought everyone was just trying to find Carmen San Diego. I thought. I honestly was like, someone kidnapped her. Like, what is she from Utah? Like, what's going on? Wow, you missed the whole point of that show. <laughs> what was honestly? What documentation did they, did, did they have? Did she you would know? say like, ha ha ha. They'd see her in her no, helicopter I know lifting she... up the Eiffel Tower, going yeah. ha ha ha. So she was evil. Yeah. She was the villain. Acapella saying the thing song. I remember that. Well, because there are so many locks in Scotland, the Scottish, like many folk who develop societies around large bodies of water, have a plethora of folklore involving terrifying water monsters. Most disturbing is the shape-shifting Kelpie, also known as Ek Ukya, which roughly (laughs) translates in English as water horse. Whoa. I wonder why they went with Kelpie as opposed to... <laughs> it's something Scottish. Scottish has old language. They don't think well, they have Gaelic. Gaelic. Is yeah, it the yeah. same as Gaelic? I mean, they yeah, they're that... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, Gaelic. That is definitely Gaelic. Okay. You know. that is not, that's not the Gaelic I know. Wow. Sergeant Gray, we're here. We're ready, for the, we're ready to be guests on your show. 39 and holding. <laughs> Well, ironically, water horses are always encountered on land and can be identified by the seaweed tangled up in their mane and their wet skin. If an unsuspecting or foolish soul decides to climb upon this mystery horse, they would find that the water horse's skin is also highly adhesive. Whoa, sticky oh. horse! Sticky. That's not, that is not a game you want to play with your grandfather. <laughs> and the water horse will gallop straight into the lock, taking the stuck and screaming victim down to the depths where they meet a horrific death by drowning. I know what I saw! <laughs> Wow. Look at that guy over there molesting that horse to death. Wow, that is horrible. Really, I cannot think of a worse fate. So do you die from the drowning, or do you die from them destroying well, your you, entire body? You, in this fantasy, you die from drowning. But it does sound like drowning, what, yeah. they, what could have happened is they got got by a boa constrictor, and you could, could call a big snake a water horse if we're getting into creative names for things that call we don't a, understand. Call it a freaking anaconda. I don't think they ever had boa constrictors or anacondas in Scotland. Yeah, well, I don't they're... know if they have jungle snakes in the locks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they have over there. Something can get wandered over there because then you think about maybe during the Roman times when they spread deep into the Anglo-Saxon territory, they could have accidentally have brought with them various exotic animals and littered them throughout these areas. This is actually a theory that I now in my Starbucks adult brain, I actually think is, is it's Noah's. Tight. It's literally Noah's Ark. I think I think it's just a, a lesson that's that's don't get on a strange horse. What? I would never touch a horse. That I'm was the light horse. Wait, that's yeah, the well, lesson you got out of this? Well, never specifically, touch a horse. specifically, the water horse targets children by pretending to be tame and gentle, come and on. its back. Will, <laughs> oh yeah, come out here! You playing a game? I'm a fun time. You know, it's horse. weird that you have that to try to try to attract me, a child. It's the most the creepy thing I could. I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I don't like that voice at all. Oh yeah, come on, get on me, long child. <laughs> all right. But, well, the water horse's back will all actually lengthen to accommodate as many children as are present. Oh. Then, <laughs> then, once all of them are glued on tight, the water horse speeds them to their doom. Sweet. 
honestly, there's so many kids in Scotland yeah. and in these areas. So they have a lot of kids. I mean, and sometimes it's good to have someone to take out like eight <laughs> in one go. You to help the town have enough corn. Get this thing some training. Make it a bus driver. Why not? The kids are already on there. That'll be kind of a fun way to show up to school until you have to unstick yourself from the sea serpent and you probably will lose the back of your pants. Honestly, we're really building out our cryptid high school. Like, (laughs) cryptid cryptid high school. Whoa. Yeah. Well, in one folktale featuring the water horse, one of the children actually cuts off all of his fingers in a bid to escape. (laughs) Fingerless. He then watches as all of his friends are carried off into the water, which, of course, makes him the one who survives to tell the tale. I was training to play the harp. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> now I've got to use my feet and my dick. Yep, you're going to have to become a drummer. Strangely, many water horse stories are very similar to vampire folklore. Sometimes a water horse will take the form of a man or a woman, then shapeshift into a horse instead of a bat when it comes time to eat the victim alive. That's well, scarier than a bat. Yeah, yeah why so would they scarier. Ever, why would they ever be a bat? There's something terrifying about just like Kissel standing up, waking up, Kissel standing above my bed, just being like, I got lost going to the refrigerator. And then all of a sudden he morphs into a horse. Yeah, that's scary as fuck. Be like, and then starts on, eating st- you alive. Get on, I'm sticky. I think a horse <laughs> eating you's actually gotta be fucking painful. Yeah. Oh, You're gonna want to hop on me now. I'm sticky. Okay, good. Better get other one. The stick is fresh. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually even a water horse story in which the creature shapeshifts into a horse and chases his victim all the way back home, but is unable to enter because, like the vampire, he must be invited inside before he can cross the threshold. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, this would be great for horse girls. Wouldn't they yeah. want to turn into a big... Dude, horse girls... What's a want horse to, girl? They're girls that are... They normally have very long hair and they are obsessed with horses in school. I, I'm surprised you didn't see some because you were from farm areas. Well, we had, you had cows. Oh, someone who does... Um, someone who's obsessed... Like, girls that are obsessed with horses. A lot of yeah. the times, um, they, they're they're particular. Right. Um, they're an interesting bunch. Lonely. Um, loving horses. The solitary nature of horses. They're the only ones that the, that the horses can understand. The I horse forget. is the only thing that they can understand. My question huh. is, is that, like, do they want to turn into a horse or do they just want to have sex with one? Well, it seems like their perfect man would be a centaur. Ooh. I do know some horse girls who uh, had the experience of riding horses all the time were quite fond of riding the horse. Well, a lot of times. you know I what wink, I mean. Wink, yeah. wink, 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 wink. That's what, happened. that's what happens when you tell a woman, better get in. Uh, water horse is sticky. Well, that's <laughs> the only reason they get away with all the bestiality. No one can see it happening. This is ridiculous. Double standards. <laughs> what? They can ride the horse. I say, oh, she's just really, in, she's into charcuterie. What's that called when you She'd ride? She'd have the- to ride the horse upside down. She'd have to grip onto its That's what they do. Like she was hogging it. What's that thing? What did you call that when you play with the horses all the time? It's not charcuterie. That's a that's a meat and cheese board. Charcuterie. I am just no. That's a meat and cheese board. I don't think it's there's a word. I don't think there's a word. No, there is a word with horses all the time. Mitt Romney's wife does it. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about dressage. You're talking about dressage. Dressage. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fancy horse walking. That's not that's what I said. Horse walking. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Those horses might be sticky. We said, don't know. You said, what's the word for when you play with horses all the time? That's what it is. <laughs> I got to stop. They get paid a lot of money to do that. <laughs> the horses get paid to do that. March, stroked by those people. Um, guys, just so you know, in March, we'll have been doing last podcast and left for 10 Years. Oh my God. <laughs> and I think that's the dumbest you've sounded. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Kevin loved horses. He had Horse Illustrated. Oh, don't make me sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, concerning their ubiquity, stories about water horses were told in Scandinavia, Siberian Russia, Italy, and Eastern Europe. And one explorer of the Americas in 1535 heard natives tell a story of a fish shaped like a horse that wandered land by night searching for victims. Can I ask something? If it's a fish that's shaped like a horse, can we just go ahead and call it a fucking horse? Yeah, because it's on land. <laughs> it's a horse. <laughs> what does it when, a it's fish the, head? when it's in the water, it's a fish. And when on land, it's a horse. That's pretty but good. But how do you refer to things. it? A horse. Ooh, a <laughs> That's scary, and you have to, even if you're sober, you'll be like, I saw the shorsh. You'll be like, like he's yeah, hammered. Right, he's okay. hammered. No, the shorsh you went to the wish. I know. The shorsh is short going to the wish. from your grave. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, our next cryptid today has been seen much more than just once, but it still fits the postulation that these creatures are slipping in and out of our dimension. But this one like many of the others we'll discuss later, seems oddly in between human and animal. That's what people even say about us, but look at us. I'll show you I'm a human being. I'll show you my butt. Sure. Now, I believe we've already talked about this creature at some point in the past. I think it was on one of our early Adult Swim live streams. But in the context of this episode, the story of the lizard man of Scape or Swamp bears repeating. So on June 29th, 1988, a 17-year-old named Christopher Davis was driving home from work in the early morning when he blew a tire near the edge of the Scape or Swamp near Bishopville, South Carolina. Uh, hello, my name is Attire. 
<laughs> Save it. We got live shows this weekend, all right? We need to fucking burn through this shit now, all right? Wait till we get to stage this weekend. He got out of the car and changed the tire, but just as he was finishing up, he heard the thumping sound of something rapidly approaching. No! Christopher turned, and out of the darkness came a seven-foot-tall, scaly green, bipedal lizard with three black clawed fingers and glowing red eyes. Hey, tell me, have you played Red Dead Redemption 2? I love Red Dead Redemption 2. Also, I'm just going to point this out. A lot of height shaming going on today, guys. Oh, There's no Where's height the shaming. Where's the short cryptids? Where's the little troll cryptids? I've asked about doing tiny creatures, which we did gnomes once, and we yep. will eventually do, because there is a whole chapter in the Inhumanoids on hirsute small creatures. <laughs> so we can actually do quite a bit. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, we are, uh, most of the creatures we're talking about will be seven feet tall. I do have a little, I have a couple of little ones for you. Coming up later, so you won't feel too bad, but it's just, I'm sorry, Ben. Most cryptids are gigantic. They're either tall. They're very, very tall. That's how they are seen over reeds. Well, and of course, that would be because they're intergalactic and the gravity changes, so they would be taller now, wouldn't they? Mm. You know what? That's the first fucking point made today. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What's extremely odd about the lizard man or lizard men Hmm. is that they seem to have a particular aversion towards automobiles and as a result Mm. don't really pay much attention to human beings now this is a great topic on coast to coast am if you look up lizard man there's a lot of lizard man coverage in coast to coast am and you know why it's because george nori cannot (laughs) physically understand why lizard men hate cars because he is he's stuck on this and this whole time be like i don't understand these lizard men could go so much farther than south carolina if they had themselves some form of vehicle yeah. <laughs> Why do you think they're scared of? Is it because Fords are fixed or repair daily? <laughs> but he went. He did. He, he's very mad. And then most of the people say this. And there was one cryptid hunter on Coast to Coast AM whose main thing is like, can you even imagine how many lizard men must have been mauled and hurt by traveling vehicles? Sure. Because yeah. when it comes down to it, they're skittish. You're more scared of us than them, and they shouldn't be because they're scary. And we're not. Right. Well, cars are very scary for a lizard man. Or They they say lizard lizard men get clipped by cars. Yeah, they say that they take their rage out on these cars because they've been clipped by them all the time. I believe it. When Christopher Davis saw this creature, he jumped in his car and tried escaping. But before he could take off, the lizard man attacked the vehicle by ripping off the mirror and gouging the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, imagine if you are a creature that has slipped in from another dimension. You keep getting hit by cars and killed by cars. You don't know what a car is, so you just keep attacking the car. You think the car is your natural enemy. You don't know that the little thing inside is actually the thing that you should kill. Honestly, a car is just a cryptid kinder egg. You tear it open, and then you get your little prize on the inside. Oh, you have the screaming little Mm -hmm. meat in there. It's like a big clam. play with the person Mm -hmm. like they're a bicycle and Well, Jurassic Park, Tyrannosaurus (laughs) Rex has the moment where it starts attacking the car like it's a person. And versus yeah. like, like as an animal it felt and Tyrannosaurus Rex was just so upset because it couldn't touch its own balls mm-hmm. well, Christopher did get away without any further damage oh. but that summer multiple cars in the vicinity of that swamp were vandalized with ripped fenders deep scratches and bent antenna amongst more destruction I will give credit to some of the crypto hunters on Coast to Coast AM because George Norrie does and he never does this but he did pose the question 
Now, maybe there's some form of natural explanation for these lizard men. Oh, wow. Could be some form of dinosaur caught in a time machine. You know, like, <laughs> no, that's the natural explanation. <laughs> that's him. That's I mean, we used to do the same thing when we were just like teenagers. We used to rip stuff off of cars and stuff. But. No, no, mm-hmm. only lizards can do this. Oh. <laughs> and, but the, the, where's one broken crypto hunter who was like, that's an interesting question, George. About whether or not it could be a natural phenomenon, because the one thing I will say, and I will, I will duly blame, is that we got a highway run through here. You don't know what comes off these circus trucks. These cryptozoologists are so afraid of the circus. They bring it up in each episode. The so only, I mean, they, it's very valid. They blame the circus. They're like, you know, these circus, you know, one of these creatures come up on one of these circus, these circus trains come up over there. These circus don't report it. These circus don't report it. They not, don't report no. it. They're felons. No, because when it comes down to, yeah, circus are dirt. They're slimy. They're con men coming around here telling you what your weight is. I'll tell you what my weight is. <laughs> right? I'll tell you what you oh, is that? Oh, you think that's a big lady? Oh, this shit ain't bigger than my Aunt Tom. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can yeah. put a beard on anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, remember we were, uh, what was the one that we were, that we did the live show uh, bit on many years ago where the, the fucking, the goat axe, the axe with yes. the big gigantic goat. Yes, the that's The whole right. thing was that it had escaped from a, fu- the, the, a lightning storm had so, like a big fucking a thunderbolt had struck this fucking train, this circus train. Uh-oh. And now this creature is hung, hanging around underneath this bridge, killing teenagers for the next 30 years. But the way I that this that. cryptozoologist talked about circuses, <laughs> it's as if he survived something wicked this way comes when he was so scared of the circus he's like they ain't got no rules you know they live their everyday jobs and they run out and now they're spinning on poles some of these people going there they're wearing nuts and nothing wearing a bikini jumping on top of a horse instead of being an accountant trying to say i i don't have a real job just because i wanted to go because I wanted to go, I wanted to flip upside yeah, down. I think there's a, a living. There's a lot of people with the vendetta against the circus for one reason or another. Maybe they lost a family member. Maybe they wanted to be a carny and were rejected because they were too sober. You actually have to be very skilled to join the circus. I yeah. know, honestly. Please, God, please be skilled if you are running any amusement park ride. Oh yeah. I don't think they are though. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, be very careful on those. No, no. We were in Kennywood, and every employee honestly at the most was 13 years old yeah yeah same at coney island but i trust the kids at coney for some reason they i don't seem know why. for some they reason they- <laughs> they've been raised watching the coaster go they should yeah. know how to work it right they're just yeah, there well. on the boardwalk you know they've absorbed all of this information yeah well in one lizard man case a couple of weeks after christopher's encounter a couple reported that their car was covered in teeth marks and scratches and when police investigated <laughs> They found some hair and a muddy three-toed footprint. Oh. Now, the lizard man or lizard men, they laid low for about 20 years. How about lizard women? I mean, that's true. Sure. Lizard people. They can actually change sex really easily if they are an amphibian. So So it should actually be a lizard person. You've answered your own Mm -hmm. question. Yep, I did. Didn't I? Good work. Both my fucking TED Talk. Good work. They also might have just returned to where they came from mm. for 20 years. Oh. But in 2008, a woman named Dixie Rawson walked out one morning from her house to find that the front half of her van was chewed up by some obviously large creature. I know this was my ex-husband, Steve. <laughs> Does he eat a lot of cars? I know what he tried to do. Uh-huh. Blaming it on lizards. <laughs> Something had bitten through the front grill. Both sides of the van above the wheel wells were bitten as well. And the metal trim was bent as if it was made of nothing stronger than paper. 
This woman also reported a trail of blood. And according to her report, a good number of her 20 cats were missing. Nine is a good number. <laughs> okay. I'd say good number is seven. Because if it's nine, it's almost half my cats is gone. But if it's good seven, number, that's go, a good number. I'd go five to seven. Yeah, yeah you're right. Five to seven. Because right. four isn't a good number, a small number. Yeah, five to seven. Once yeah. you hit 20 cats, are you even counting? At some <laughs> point, I would imagine that I would have counted the same cat three or four times. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't tell them apart mm-hmm. too often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, seven years later, a different woman claimed to have gotten a picture of the lizard man, but that picture is almost certainly a fake. Oh. This somewhat famous picture shows a confident, muscular, particularly rubbery lizard man striding through a clearing in a wooded area <laughs> like he's got the fucking biggest dick in town. He might. He might. He might. He could. Uh, I will say, I've. Uh, you know what I saw that was actually pretty realistic was a drawing of that picture. Oh, okay. It's actually much more realistic than the picture itself. Fantastic. Well, the woman claimed that she took the picture when she was leaving church, I suppose trying to lend Jesus to her honesty. Mm. But while the picture is fun, it's also obviously a humbug. (gasps) Mm -hmm. The H word. Yeah. And speaking of having fun with the lizard man, in 2017, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division tweeted a warning about the upcoming solar eclipse. They said paranormal activity increases during solar events. That's and so we don't cute. know. We don't know. That's so maybe, cute. I love it when the government makes funny a, little jokes. It's that, like they said, maybe there's a lizard man that they maybe they're more active during solar eclipses. <laughs> I don't eclipses. know. Oh, no, maybe, so funny. maybe they are, but they're advising the residents to remain vigilant against that's the car so munchers. That's so fucking funny. That's so fucking funny. It's like drop bears. That's so fucking funny. It is funny. Do you know that forty-five grand spends spend each year on the fake tracking of Santa Claus at Christmas? <laughs> nice. That's taxpayers' money. Yes. Yeah, mm. Well, okay. Forty-five grand, huh? <laughs> no, I think. Oh, I think they just make it up. It's I don't know if they're really possible. looking for him or not. Yeah. I think it would be irresponsible if they were using Harp. Oh, we would have shot him down. Mm. Many, many years. I mean, we're already <laughs> testing out the uh, electromagnetic rays that we're using to maybe Testing knock down out. orbs out of the sky right now, which is actually probably what happened at Roswell as well to bring that all the way full circle. Hmm, so. Okay. Hmm. One interesting about, thing about the lizard man, which is why I think she took the picture of it outside of church or says she did or connected it to church, is that there are a lot of people in the area that view lizard man and things like lizards as a or a walking lizard, an upright lizard, right? Mm. Whatever, however they want to call it, as an example that Satan still walks the earth, oh, and that uh, that is an serpent. example of them using. That's an example that Satan is still strong enough to physically manifest onto planet Earth, and that actually the whole lizard man thing mm. has this strange biblical side to it where yeah. they they talk about it as if it's a harbinger of bad things to come or that it literally lizard man might eat your pussy and turn you into a satanist which he might right? oh, I, mean, I don't know what goodness. it'll do wait so what, why what does god have to do with him attacking cars and satan satan hates cars does satan not like cars yeah holy fucking shit satan doesn't like cars yeah you're gonna have to get rid of your car <laughs> then buddy i think he doesn't like speed 
Okay. <laughs> and he's like, take back. it slow. You're here uh, for okay. a while. But because uh, they connected yeah. also to the idea of the reptilian aliens and how the reptilian aliens, mm. if they are real, right, the idea they feed off of negative energy yeah. and the constant division about whether or not our aliens angels are aliens demons and they use right. that to kind of say this because they they kind of lump lizard man into this kind of pan pseudo religious idea that cryptids are demons mm. i mean the nice thing is you can make it all up you can make up anything <laughs> <laughs> you can just say anything you want yes so that's great yeah, it is fun isn't that nice yep yeah now, one of the things that I often hear people lamenting is that these sorts of encounters seem to be in the past, mm -hmm. that sightings and weird shit don't happen anywhere near as much as they used to. But with just a little bit of Googling, <gasps> and mostly with the site phantomsandmonsters.com, mm. I found that people are still seeing weird shit all over America almost every single day, and much of it is entirely unique. Well, last cool. year, during the height of the quarantine, we talked with our buddy, John Tenney, mm. who talked about one of the weird anomalous things the that he squares. was hearing reported quite a bit was those floating hairy squares. Yeah. In mm. Detroit, as a matter of yes. fact, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Multiple people from different areas who had not These talked with, with one another. Kind covered of in hair. Yeah, flo weird. Floating through. Really and weird. in my mind, there's, you know, is that ball lightning? Is that an And is the ball hair lightning. or something that just kind of static? Or is huh. this newfangled, now are America's uh, a finally accepted obsession with orbs? Hmm. Who knows? Well, one person in Tennessee said that his father was transporting some goods through Mont Eagle. Okay. Why did you make goods sound nefarious? Because <laughs> I mean, that is what people transport. Good. He just said goods in air quotes as if it's it's just corn. Because you'd say <laughs> corn if it was corn. Yeah. You know no, I mean? when you okay. say goods, it's it's purposefully vague and I don't trust purposefully vague when it comes <laughs> to transportation of goods. Yeah, it's okay. women in a U-Haul. Wow. All right. <laughs> now, this guy's father said that he saw something that night that, quote, rubbed him the wrong way. I hate that. In the middle of the night, this goods transporter saw a cat-like creature oh. with abnormally long legs and a short torso. Aye. They gotta get Jackson Galaxy out there. Aye. I won't be tamed. <laughs> it had a notably ugly face Shut up. and was sitting on a brick wall oh. on the side of the road, perched feet flat and knees bent. I'm just living my life. Yeah, There's all hating on me. Let it live, it, let it live on, its life. Come on, I understand some people like me. I the creature was at least four feet tall, and while it had a body like an animal, its face was human-like, but unsettlingly deformed. All right, what do you want from me, right? You want to be more cat-like, and then I would be fine because I'm human-like, I'm deformed. Is that what this is? I'm actually fine. I think you're super cute, cat weird thing. Yeah, do you? No, I don't think you're that cute. Please don't cat fuck I'm me. I'm more human like than cat. No, like, you're not. You're still more of a cat. I'm not going to fuck you. Yeah, don't fuck the cat, remember? Uh, no, I do remember. That was a test. <laughs> Similarly, two people in Northern California saw a creature with animal-like features, but like the creature in Tennessee, the whole package was put together in a bizarrely random and uncanny way. I love mix-matched animals. Yeah, I love that. This is my favorite part of like yeah. cryptids is that stuff where it's just like, I don't know what happened in between dimensions. Yeah. They all just get scrambled up. Yeah, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of horrible, horrible taxidermy. These people said that they were on deliveries when they saw a creature near a disused rail yard at about 11 o'clock at night. This odd creature, waist high with the features of a cat or a rabbit, something in between, was standing on a trashed out boxcar. Okay. Once it was noticed, 
it quickly skittered off on two hind legs. It's a little cabot. It's a cabot. Yeah. Yeah. And even more unsettling was its face. The face was extremely round, unsettlingly round. What's with the and round? I don't it know. It sounds but just dr- like Thomas the Tank Engine. It's I know, not but that he's bad. fake, man. Yeah. If I saw a fucking talking train, I'd become a domestic terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> and like the creature in Tennessee, this creature wasn't quite human, but it wasn't quite animal either. Live from your grave. There it was, everyone. Hope you had a fantastic, what was it, 90 minutes of pure cryptid heaven. Oh, we don't know. We'll we never don't know. know. We 80. don't know. Five minutes. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you learned a lot about things that may or may not exist. Either way, did it get you laid? What are you talking about? It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> I know. It's still real to me. I did just catch you looking at the Bigfoot subreddit. Of course. <laughs> Those are, that's where I am. That's where I lurk. High strangeness, cryptid lore, Bigfoot fox. Let me just see what they're saying. Dude, no, look. You're right, but you want to see this? You guys were all talking. I did a close-up. On a frame of Patty. Uh, that's what. Yeah, look at this. Enhanced. They fancy show. It's more a, of a man. No, it's an ape and face. We have. To- this is why the jury this system is, doesn't work. This is from the Patterson Gimlet video. Someone enhanced on the face. And Ben's saying it looks more like a man. Henry is saying. He looking like a Bigfoot. And Marcus. And I'm saying that he looks like George Mirazan. However, oh. he could also be a Bigfoot. We don't know. I, I, we, he wouldn't allow the government to have his DNA for his 23andMe, which I think all giants should be forced to submit to. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Magustalations, everyone. Why don't you go out there and cover your, some stranger in suntan lotion on your spring break and have just fun. hail me. Just say that straight into their butthole. That'll be nice. <laughs> yep. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 